What's up, Mass Murder Gang, and welcome to my new segment that I'm calling The Parasite Files. This is a segment that I'm trying to see if my listeners like it. If it's well received, then I will continue to do it. But for now, I'm just trying it out. I will put out a Parasite episode once a month. And of course, I will still be bringing you my usual content for Mass Murder Talk, so that won't change. These will be short stories slash cases. And as everyone knows, my husband is my co-host, but I will be doing these episodes by myself. Also on these episodes, I won't be going into great detail the way I do with my mass murder episodes. These episodes will be more about giving you the information on a smaller scale. They'll be a little bit more laid back. I'll be bringing a little bit more of my personality into the episodes and they just won't be as structured. So for those of you that don't know, parasite is the killing of a parent or parents of a near relative. They may not be as wild as some of my mass murder talk episodes, but they'll definitely be interesting. So let's get started. This episode is about Sarah Marie Johnson. Sarah Marie Johnson shot and killed her parents, Diane and Alan Scott Johnson, in their Bellevue, Idaho home on September 2nd, 2003. She was 16 at the time, and the motive for killing her parents was, get this y'all, because they prohibited her from seeing her 19-year-old boyfriend. I know y'all totally ridiculous. Y'all don't even have to tell me. So around 6.20 in the morning of September 2nd, 2003, Sarah took a Winchester rifle from their guest house walked into her parents bedroom her mom was in the bed sleeping and she shot her in the head she goes in the parents bathroom where her dad is taking a shower shoots him twice one was in his chest right above his heart after she shoots both of her parents she runs across the street tells the neighbors to call 911 because she said an intruder broke into her house and shot her parents so let's do some background Sarah Marie Johnson lived with her parents, Alan and Diane Johnson in Bellevue, Idaho. Bellevue is a pretty small suburban city. They have a population of around 2,500. So yeah, it's pretty tiny. Most families and, and young professionals live there. By all accounts, Alan and Diane seem to have the perfect life. They were longtime sweethearts and had been together for 20 years at that point. They lived in a beautiful house on the outskirts of Sun Valley, Idaho. Alan was part owner of a landscaping company and Diane worked in a medical clinic. They loved their life and their family, which included their two children, their son, Matt, who was 22 at the time, and their 16-year-old daughter, Sarah. So at some point, Sarah starts dating her then 19-year-old boyfriend, Bruno Santos. Sarah's parents didn't prove of the relationship, um, not only because of the age difference, but because Santos was a Mexican man who was in this country illegally. He was selling drugs. He was a high school dropout. He was from a poor family. So, you know, obviously at this point, we could tell that Sarah came from a nice home and her friends also thought that she could do better. So over Labor Day weekend, there was a lot of tension in the Johnson house because Sarah's parents found out that she was sleeping at her boyfriend's house. Her dad went and picked her up, threatened to report Santos to the police for sleeping with an underage girl, but Alan never went to the police. Now, I don't know if it's because 
he changed his mind if Sarah changed his mind I'm not really sure but he never got a chance to go to the police anyway because the next day him and his wife were dead so let's go back a bit to when Sarah goes to the neighbor's house to tell them to call the police so of course the street has been blocked off there are police the fire department EMTs investigators all sorts of law enforcement on the scene the county sheriff said that it was the most disturbing crime scene he had ever seen he said that there was blood and hair on the carpet the ceiling walls and he said there was part of a skull cap in the hallway now y'all I have a pretty strong stomach but that's just fucking gross to walk in and see somebody's skull cap sitting in the hallway I couldn't even imagine so since the street was shut down the police started looking for evidence they looked in a garbage truck that they had stopped and they found a bloody bathrobe a left-handed leather glove and a right-handed latex glove and all of it had someone's DNA of course Sarah was questioned and she told them that somebody had broken to the house so the police didn't think anything of it they just kept on with their investigation and at that point Sarah was not a suspect so they didn't take her DNA but by now friends and family have found out what happened to the Johnsons and of course the family was assuming that it was Santos since they had such a turbulent relationship but as the family was focusing on Santos they noticed something weird about Sarah too so not only are Sarah's family members noticing something is off but the investigators are too you know they're sitting back looking like hold on she's acting a little strange you know she watched them bring her parents out in body bags and they're thinking you know that's a little cold and distant what 16 year old wants to watch their parents being brought out in body bags after they've just been shot and killed so you know they're thinking well you know everybody handles grief a little a little different but at the same time you know they still had their ears perked you know and they were also saying that well her friends were saying that she her grief didn't appear genuine and about a week or so after her parents died they said that Sarah just seemed to carry on with her life honey she was just more preoccupied with her hair and nail appointments they thought it was you know really strange for a 16 year old girl who had just lost her parents she also continued to date the boyfriend one of her friends had said that one day during volleyball practice Sarah had came up to her and said to find her boyfriend and tell him that she loves him no matter what happens so the friend said to herself in that moment she she said her heart sank she was like oh my god she did it so at this point the police are starting to wonder if Sarah had some part in killing her parents especially after hearing about the heated arguments that she had had with her parents so they took her DNA fingerprints and they questioned her even though there was no evidence of a break-in Sarah stuck to her story honey she was not giving up nothing she said there was an intruder who committed these murders and at this point her mom's sister her own aunt didn't believe her because every time she was interrogated her story changed so you know what's really fucked up when your family stops believing you and they start suspecting you you know you done fucked up 
Sometime later, the forensic evidence came back and showed that there was no match to Santos. Sarah's family was already suspecting her, and once the forensic evidence came back and it wasn't a match to her boyfriend, Sarah's grandfather asked one of the investigators if it wasn't Bruno who pulled the trigger, then who was it? The investigator answered, unfortunately, we think it's Sarah. Six weeks later, around mid-October, the wait was finally over. When the labs came back, it had Sarah's DNA inside the glove. At this point, investigators are convinced they have the final piece of the puzzle. They decided to question Sarah one last time, but Sarah did not budge. So she'll stick into her story. No, somebody broke in. I don't know what you're talking about. I had nothing to do with my parents being murdered. So after 45 minutes, the investigators were like, you know what, fuck this. We're going to have to arrest you. And they arrested Sarah on two counts of first degree murder. She was arrested two months after her parents were murdered. So by now, her arrests are making headlines everywhere. At this time, it was rare for a 16-year-old girl to be charged with killing her parents. The trial began in February of 2005. The lead prosecutor believed that he had enough evidence to convict Sarah, but was afraid that he would have a hard time proving to the jury that a smart, athletic high school girl could just become a killer overnight. Sarah's defense attorney still had thoughts that Santo could be in, Santos could be involved, but he decided not to put him on the stand. Sarah also chose not to testify on her behalf. So, of course, the trial took its toll on the family and the friends because many of them were called to testify against Sarah. You know, her brother, Matt, had spoken open court about the problems between Sarah and her mother. He had testified that they didn't get along and that their relationship was rocky and it was just a constant fight back and forth. DNA evidence was presented at the trial from the discarded bathrobe and latex glove that the police had found in a garbage can in front of the house. It contained Sarah's DNA and both of the victims. So along with the robe and the glove was a leather glove and it had gunshot residue on it. In Sarah's bedroom, investigators located the other leather glove that belonged to the pair. So, you know, at this point, I don't even know what her defense would have been because it just doesn't make any sense. All this evidence points to you, but yet and still you're saying, no, I didn't do it. Hmm, a little sus if you ask me. So Sarah's attorney decided to go with the no blood, no guilt strategy. He argued that since Sarah didn't have any blood on her, it proved that she couldn't have pulled the trigger. This part is just a little graphic, so this is a trigger warning. In court, Sarah's attorney said that her mother's head literally exploded in a spherical fashion. The gun itself had blood on it, but there was none on Sarah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know. I mean, she could have just taken a shower or just simply washed the blood off after she killed her parents. I'm pretty sure that wasn't that hard to cover up. That part wasn't that hard to cover up. So on March 16th, 2005, after five weeks of trial, Sarah's fate was in the hands of the Idaho jury. 
After hearing all the testimony and seeing all the evidence, her family was at the breaking point and they were convinced she was guilty. Sometime later, the verdict was read and Sarah was guilty on both counts of first degree murder. She was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences plus 10 years and had no chance of parole. At the time when she was sentenced, she was 18. She is now 36. She is serving her sentence at Pocatello Women's Correctional Center and has exhausted all of her appeals. And you know, it's really crazy because this case has been featured on several TV shows like Snapped, which is one of my favorite true crime shows ever. Um, it was also on Deadly Women and Killer Women. So this is an interesting one for sure. You know, let me know if y'all have heard about this and let me know if you like the Parasite Files and if you want me to continue to do them. So do you think that her boyfriend put her up to it or do you think she did all this on her own? I honestly don't know. For me, it could have gone either way. He could have put her up to it. And, you know, her being a gullible 16-year-old girl just did it. So, who knows? He was cleared, so we're not going to open that can of worms. So, as always, thank y'all for listening, and I will talk to y'all in the next one. Deuces.